Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and hit winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. It was looking like I wasn't going to have an update on sports betting in Illinois, at least the legalized version for you guys, but then some news broke late on Friday afternoon. I was alerted to the fact on the Illinois Gaming Board website that we have a bunch of updates, and I will get to that in just a moment. Before I get out of here, over the next half hour, we're going to break down the XFL card this weekend, four games as always, and now that the NHL trade deadline has come and gone... How about some conversation on some futures if you want to get a bet in on a team to win the Stanley Cup? So the Illinois Gaming Board website has been updating us periodically uh, with anything going on involving sports betting license, supplier applicants, management services providers. But uh, here's the big news. Now, we knew that temporary sports betting licenses have been out for a while now. They've been out for multiple weeks to Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Grand Victoria in Elgin, and also Argosy Casino, Alton, Illinois, southern portion of the state. The change here is, according to the IGB's website, Hollywood Casino in Aurora, Hollywood Casino in Joliet have received temporary sports betting licenses, which means they're close, not as close as Rivers Casino and maybe even Grand Victoria and Argosy, but they're getting close. Also, applications from Fairmount Park, they have Thoroughbred and Harness Racing, and Paradise Casino in East Peoria. Both of those places have applied. I think the Fairmount Park is significant because it's the first racetrack, and you might remember from this bill, I've talked about it many times on the station, that the state really helped out the racetracks here. It's not only sports betting. 
It's also, they can have a casino there. Each racetrack that owns a license can also take sports bets at three of their OTBs. So fairly soon, we're going to be looking at 10 sports books in the state of Illinois. If you want to count those OTBs, I don't know where they would be. And I assume that Fairmount Park would make the call on that. But we could see up to 10 sports books pretty soon. And once we start talking about Wrigley Field, United Center, Sox Park, if those stadiums get licenses also, and it's public knowledge that Hawthorne Racecourse signed a deal with PointsBet to run their sports book, I mean, hey, we could be talking about 15, 20 sports books uh, pretty soon. So things are picking up on that end. And if you look on the IGB website, you might be a little confused. I mentioned supplier applicants and licensees. There are two temporary permits out. What that means is running the online platform, running the apps, and also the kiosks, which will be at the casinos and the racetracks. Then there's also a section for management services provider. There is one temporary permit out, and that's Rush Street Interactive. Rush Street Interactive is Rivers Casino. So Rivers Casino in Des Plaines will probably be the first or second place to take bets in the state. And and I've been consistent on it. I've talked about it on my show in the evening. If they're that close and they think they're going to be taking sports bets for March Madness, they better hope that they're going to have the ability to figure everything out. Because you're going to have people working the windows and people going up to place bets who have not done this before in their life. So you can't have maybe the busiest sports betting day on the entire calendar, that can't be the day you open up. You've got to open up at least a week in advance to make sure you figure out any issues and get people trained. Governor Pritzker has said that there will be sports betting in Illinois by March Madness. Selection Sunday is in 15 days from today. Okay, So logic would say that we are now looking at maybe inside of a couple of weeks. We'll keep you updated right here on Early Odds every single week and on my shows weeknights on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Now we turn to football. Heading into week number four of the XFL, and TV ratings have been on the decline since week one. I've seen some of the headlines, maybe you have as well, and people have kind of started to laugh at the XFL. And I'm thinking... No, 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 no. You need to take a deeper look into the numbers because we all knew that the numbers would go down after week one. And we were talking about, okay, maybe the NFL could use this or that. Could it be some sort of a feeder system in the NFL? But when you take a look at these numbers in week three, last Saturday, the Fox game of the XFL outdrew a matchup of number one and number three in college basketball in Kansas and Baylor. Three of the four games last weekend had higher ratings than almost every college hoops game, every NHL game, the national ones, and every Premier League match. So I think that this has been a success. Uh, We won't know until the end of the season how it's looking. It's going to be tough once they go up against March Madness here. But I got to tell you, I, I think the XFL is much, much better than the AAF, and it might be here to stay. So I want to bring in Ian Harditz. He covers the XFL and the NFL for Rotorworld.com. He's on Twitter at iHarditz. Ian, do you agree with me that so far that this has been a success? Yeah, man, I agree with you. And I, I think it was at least uh, you know plausible to see before the season started. I mean, one of the big problems with the AAF after week one was that they didn't have this consistent national, you know, 
channel spotlight that we're seeing with the XFL. And, you know, when push comes to shove, I think people enjoy seeing live football compared to these other sports. They always say, you know, if you're, if you're at a playground and there's a football game going on, a soccer game going on, or a fight going on, people are probably going to watch a fight over anything else. And compared to those other sports, I think football <laughs> is about the closest you can get to that. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. I want to go over some of this stuff, uh, but let's start with your early takeaways. The Houston Roughnecks, the only undefeated team at 3-0, and and Mark Tressman's Tampa Bay Vipers, the only winless team. Some Bears fans around here probably uh, laughing at that as uh, they get some enjoyment out of <laughs> Tressman's pain after the two years that they suffered with him as the Bears head coach. What, what are your major takeaways from the league? I know you just went over a few of them, but what have you started to notice? I'm sure you actually have some power rankings at this point. Yeah, there's a pretty clear top five in the league right now, and it's in terms of both quarterback play and pass defense, which, you know, when your league centered around kind of incentivizing teams for passing and being more aggressive, two very important things. And pretty much the bottom three teams are the Vipers, the uh, Tampa Bay Vipers, uh, Trustman and Company, the New York Guardians, who have Matt McGloin, just haven't been able to get anything going, and the Seattle Dragons, who need the bench brand Silvers for B.J. Daniels at some point, but we'll see when they get there. Right now, my top five is Houston 1, uh, St. Louis Battlehawks 2, D.C. Defenders 3, Dallas Renegades 4, and Los Angeles Wildcats 5. But honestly, like... The Renegades and Wildcats in particular, they got their starting quarterbacks, Landry Jones and Josh Johnson, back in week two. As we could have expected, those offenses have looked a million times better over these last two weeks with their starting quarterback back under center. So I could see the Renegades and Wildcats continuing to make noise down the stretch as well. And Ian, you just mentioned St. Louis, number two in your power ratings. It's funny because St. Louis, not too far from here in Chicago, and they haven't had any football. So there's some excitement down there over the Battlehawks, and I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. A lot of, I'd say, sharper bettors have uh, got some futures bets down on St. Louis. Are you in agreement there? Their game last week was incredible. I mean, it's their home opener, so people really came out and treated it like a live Rams game, pretty much, like like it used to be for them back in the day. And the crowd was legitimately electric. I mean, I thought Seattle might end up being kind of, you know, the top team in terms of home field advantage just because of how much they've supported their MLS team, the Seahawks and all that. But, no, nah, that St. Louis crowd seems like they've uh, taken the cake for that. But, yeah, I get it. The thing with uh, St. Louis is that they're pretty gimmicky at this point. But, hey, it's the XFL. Maybe gimmicky will work. And the only reason I say that is Jordan Tamu, their starting quarterback, he has had the fastest release time in the entire league. Only three of his 82 pass attempts have gone more than 20 yards downfield, and they are the most run-heavy team in the league by like 10%. They're doing it out of spread formations. They're not just kind of you know, running half-back dives right up the middle every play. So I mean, there's a rhyme the reason. It's very RPO-heavy and you know, a lot of quick hitters, but I just wonder how that's going to progress throughout the rest of the year You know, as teams kind of realize what they're trying to do and potentially load up the box. But so far, so good. And I know their odds were kind of down there with uh, kind of the worst teams in the league when the season started. So I definitely see why people jumped on it. Moving forward, now that they're kind of properly ranked as a top-half team, though, I'm not sure how good the odds will continue to be. A matter of a few weeks ago, there were some sports books out in Las Vegas that were hesitant to post XFL lines at all. But now I'm noticing, like Caesars, for instance, they're actually putting up some prop bets. So, you know, this does have some traction just a few weeks in. Today, we've got the L.A. Wildcats against the New York Guardians. L.A. favored by a total of 39. Also, the Seattle Dragons against the St. Louis Battlehawks. St. Louis, a heavy favorite, minus 11.5, total of 38. Tomorrow, Houston against Dallas, Battle of Texas. 
Houston favored by two and a half, the highest total of the weekend at 50. D.C. Defenders road favorites by only two and a half at Tampa Bay, and the total is 44. Take us anywhere you want on the board. What do you like? Yeah, those uh, the D.C. and Houston lines in particular have been moving since they uh, opened. Tampa Bay actually opened as a one-point favorite. Uh, I think Houston opened as a one-point favorite. So looking at those games, uh, both the Sunday games, I just don't see how Tampa Bay is going to keep this one close. Their offense all year has looked pretty pathetic, except for when Quentin Flowers has come in under center, and he has been away from the team for personal reasons. And their starting quarterback, Aaron Murray, is also not going to start this week. So you're, you're looking at a bad backup quarterback of a team that really hasn't shown us much of any good all season facing the DC defenders and Cardale Jones, who were atrocious last week, making the uh, East to West coast trip all the way to LA. We knew there was a floor of Cardale, just kind of a matter of when we were going to see it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, their upside has been that of a top three team. So I'm all over DC here. Hopefully we're able to get that line earlier in the week. And then also in Houston, Dallas, which is definitely uh, the game of the week. Dallas, I think they're still to an ex- to an extent this line's a little bit because of they were being valued as one of the top teams in the league for preseason, you know, best odds to win a championship and all that. But at the very least, I think the defenses are pretty even between the pair. And PJ Walker has just clearly been the league's MVP over what Landry Jones has brought to the table. I mean, Jones has done some good things. He's also done four picks. He's incredibly immobile. And he's gotten rid of the ball second quickest in the league. So something's got to give there. And if the line's that close, I mean, give me P.J. Walker and the Roughnecks all day. Uh, last thing, I do think we start to see a trend here with the overs hitting. I know it's been under nothing but unders for the first few weeks, but we now have two games, L.A. versus New York, as well as Seattle versus St. Louis. Over-unders are under 40 points now. And I remember like when this happened in the AAF last year, that kind of seemed to be uh, the right number where once you see them dip low, if you still have some of these squads with one good quarterback, at least in the game, you know, feel free to take a stab on those overs. Yeah, I noticed uh, you're on the two favorites on Sunday inside of a field goal, and you mentioned that DC line. You know, it's funny, Ian, as a veteran better like yourself, you, you look at something like this winless Tampa Bay Vipers going up against DC and Cardale Jones. And early on, they look like they're the best team. Now that's a, a bit of a discussion we can have, including uh, Houston and St. Louis there. But my first reaction is, Okay, somebody knows something. Something is wrong there. What am I missing here? I I don't get it. I don't understand this Vipers defenders line. I mean, I think it's already moved enough, man, about three and a half points. But why did it open with Tampa Bay as a favorite? It's, I guess it's still a road game for D.C. Uh, D.C., I mean, they only beat Seattle and New York. So, I mean, this will be the third of the bottom kind of three teams in the league that they will have played in the first four weeks. So you can make that argument that the strength of schedule hasn't been there. But mm-hmm. I still don't get it. I mean, again, Tampa Bay, they look, there's nothing good to take away from their first two weeks of the season. Uh, last week, they played Houston very tight. Like, that was one of the best games of the season. It was like 31-24. They got stopped at the one-yard line at the end. And they were in that game against the best team in the league. But again, like the main reason they were in that game was because of Quentin Flowers, who is now in all likelihood not going to be available. So if if the quarterback situation was even a little bit more cleared up, I would get it. But with the stuff that has happened throughout the week, I mean, it's easy to see why the line's swinging. I just don't think it's swung enough. Ian, I don't know if you saw this the other day. I'm guessing chances are that you did not. And I want to bring it to your attention here because you are the president of the Cordell Patterson fan club still, according to your Twitter account. 
And something that Ryan Pace mentioned at the Combine. Now, this guy rarely speaks. He doesn't want to talk to the media at all. When he does talk, he's like, hey, this is a really hard time. So, so he's trying to just find ways to not give any sort of information out there. But something that he went out of his way to mention multiple times was Patterson being used in the backfield. With the Bears last year, with Matt Nagy calling the plays, he had only 17 rushes, and as you know, in 2018 in New England, he had 42 rushes. I got the specific quote right here. We're going to make sure we're getting the most out of Cordero Patterson <laughs> because he's too talented not to. But in all seriousness, I think we yeah. actually have seen a major swing in the NFL over the last few years in the amount of carries that wide receivers get. Now, it was only kind of Cordero Patterson, Tavon Austin did a little bit. Only a few guys uh, really get it truly out of the backfield. But, yeah, especially some of these younger guys. I mean, look what Shanahan did with Debo uh, Samuel kind of throughout the playoffs throughout the whole year. Like, what better way to get your playmakers the ball than to just toss it to them or do one of these, you know, fly sweeps or pop passes. I think more and more we're seeing football kind of embrace the new age basketball tendency of positionless kind of athletes. And, you know, just because a guy isn't a perfect X receiver that he was drafted to be doesn't mean he can't be really effective when used in other ways. So I hope the Bears, you know, continue to open up with Cordero Patterson, uh, Tariq Cohen, get your good players on the field and get them the football. Yeah, what's the problem? I mean, you bring them in, you sign them up, Get him the ball in space. I thought that was the whole idea. I mean, hey, we're not ripping on the guy. You're a huge fan of the guy. We know he can't get the ball deep, but make sure he, you do get him the football. Get him his touches. Exactly. Just don't ask him to do things he's not good at. And I, I remember, unfortunately, I think the first uh, view Bears fans got of uh, Patterson was that like third and one carry up the middle in that first uh, Packers game <laughs> of the season. Yeah. So, like, yeah, probably shouldn't be giving Cordero Patterson halfback dives up the middle in short yardage, but it doesn't mean he's not very good at other things. That's Ian Harditz. Check out his work, rotoworld.com. Does a great job with the XFL and the NFL. Let's do this again soon, Ian. Thank you, man. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Now here on Early Odds, we shift gears over to the ice, and this week on You Better You Bet, after the trade deadline passed, had a conversation, myself and Nick Costos, with CoolBet.com's Chris Abbott. He's on Twitter at CoolBetChris. Chris is spelled with a K, and we talked about the winners of the trade deadline and which teams should we be taking a hard look at when it comes to Stanley Cup future bets. Yeah, I think the Edmonton Oilers were uh, did a really good job of improving their lot in life. They're about 29, 30 to 1, wherever you look for the Stanley Cup. Um, teams in the Western Conference, I think it's wide open, so there's a lot of pretty good odds out there. I think Carolina Hurricanes were the big winners of the day. And I think when you look at teams, if you're talking specifically futures bets, uh, they're a team last year that surprised some teams, obviously, with the sweep of the Islanders. And uh, they play the way that you need to play to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Like, as you guys know, things get an awful lot tighter. Uh, the Hurricanes, the Bruins, they play that way all year round. And again, the Bruins added a little more grit and grind. So I wouldn't be shocked to see a Carolina-Boston Eastern Conference Final. What did you think about uh, Vegas's move? They're probably the hottest team right now. They add a goaltender from the Blackhawks, Robin Leonard. What do you think about the Golden Knights in a wide-open West? Yeah, I mean, so Gerard Gallant's from the same part of Canada that I am, the the coach that got canned there, uh, seemingly inexplicably earlier in the season when the Knights were like still in first place. He was the all-star coach and he got fired, so we've got a soft spot for him. But uh, they brought in Peter DeBoer from San Jose, who had just been fired by the Sharks. I think like a third of the coaches in the league have been fired this year. It's absolutely nuts. And they're, they're rolling. They're doing well. And they, they brought in Robin Leonard, which is huge. 
Um, you know, the last time Marc Andre Fleury won the Stanley Cup, he did it with Matt Murray in Pittsburgh and two goalie uh, kind of rotation in tandem, and that seems to be the the way to do it right now. And I don't know that Malcolm Subban would have been there. From a betting perspective, though, like I had a guy reach out to me today and tell me that Vegas was like plus three hundred uh, at at some Vegas shops, which I thought was was crazy. We've got him at oh. ten to one. Um, there's just no value on them at plus three hundred. I, I guess it's because people in Vegas like to bet on the nights. That, that, so I just think they're insanely overvalued at that number. And, and the other <laughs> part of it being that the Western Conference, anyone could win the Western Conference. The eight seed could win the Western Conference this year. So I think that's that's too short. Uh, Chris, let's just uh, help some people out that are maybe jumping in. Okay, the trade deadline's come and gone. Now we know what these teams are going to be moving forward. And it seems like all season people have been looking for value like they got last year with the Blues. That might be a once-in-a-lifetime thing that you're never going to see something like that ever again. And we talked about Edmonton, Carolina, and Vegas. But as far as traits here, as we wind down the regular season— what are you looking for? We always hear all sorts of arguments. You want the hot team. You want the hot goaltender. You need a team with a good defense. You, you want one of the elite scoring teams. Just when you're trying to identify a future for a play here uh, going into the postseason, what do you want to see? Uh, consistency. So I don't want a team that wins 7-1 to one, one night and loses 6-2 to two the next night. Because what is this team? Like, for example, I live in Toronto, and that's what you see with this Leafs team. I mean, the city of Toronto is, is absolutely nuts about them, but they're inconsistent, wildly inconsistent, and you could never place any faith in them. So I look for teams that are consistent, and I already mentioned, like, the Boston Bruins. I took them around Christmas last year at 25-1. to 1. They, You know, they, they were so close to winning the Stanley Cup. But I, I watch them, and they play the same game every night. They're in your face. They make it difficult. They don't make stupid mistakes. They play the game a, a simple and effective way. Uh, Rob Brindamore's brought that to Carolina, and that's why I like them there. Barry Trotz, the same way. And one thing that you'll notice about all three of those teams is a lot of times their total is at five and a half, guys. And that's, uh, as you know, a low number for the NHL. We usually see six, six and a half, seven. But in the playoffs, fives and five and a halves are normal. So I think the team who's regular season game translates best to that style of play is a team that I look for going into the playoffs. The high-flying teams, you know, if you can shut them down, then what? You know, you need teams with a strong back end, a reliable goaltender or two, and, uh, and you know, obviously some game breakers up front. So the thing with the NHL is there's so much parity, and anyone can beat anyone on a given night. And that makes it fun, but it makes it insanely difficult to predict the future. So um, that's why I, I, I try and do more on a game-to-game -game basis. You said the West is wide open. Any of the eight teams that make it in could go to the final. But uh, how do you view the top of the East? Much different? Are, are you looking at three, four teams being in the mix or what? If you, if you want to look, say, at the, you know, the conference semifinals, the last four teams standing, I think Boston will be there. They, they just play that playoff game. Tampa's really interesting to me because they're as good as they were last year, uh, maybe a little grittier. Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goaltenders in the league. And we don't see them a lot, right, in the Northeast. We don't see Tampa Bay, even though they play in the Atlantic Division. We don't get them a lot on TV. People don't really tune in a lot. So I think they're a team. They could be a sneaky team to look out for. Um, I think Carolina can do some damage. They're, they're a year older. They've got that experience from last year. And, um, no, I, I'm not overly sold on anybody else. The Islanders, I think they're, they're in a situation where if they could get in and win around, they could be dangerous. They had a couple of good pieces as well, but uh, I, don't know if, I don't know about their goaltending. 
Appreciate Chris Abbott there, Ian Harditz, earlier on in the show talking some XFL coming on early odds this week. And I will continue to keep you updated. Everything going on with legalized sports betting in our state on Twitter at Joe0670. I'm sure some more stuff is going to come out over the next week as we start to hear about a potential launch date before March Madness. The score goes to Arizona next. Now, not scorehouse yet, but we've got inside the clubhouse next. Live from Arizona, Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel have some great Cubs and White Sox guests lined up. So baseball fans, don't go anywhere. That's next, right here on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Best of luck, guys. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.